Welcome to this episode of Apple at Work, the podcast all about Apple in the workplace. Uh, my name is Bradley Chambers. I'm your host. Back again as my special guest, Tom Bridge from Jump Cloud. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me back, Bradley. It's great to talk with you. So reason I had you on this week, I want to talk about Apple Business Essentials. And this, this announcement uh, somewhat came out of nowhere. Uh, and it's honestly something we shouldn't have been surprised with because mm-hmm. you can kind of see the underpinnings of Apple's Fleetsmith acquisition here. And, oh, totally. uh, um, and, and you can really see, and I, and I really, um, I'm excited about it. And I don't think it's right for everybody, but I think every business should be excited about it. Even if you're an MDM vendor, which you're now a competitor, uh, I think it really legitimizes the business and the need for all businesses to manage devices. Um, so, so let's just run through it. So, Apple Business Essentials is Apple's new program for businesses that is in beta today that is coming in full version next spring, spring of 2022, that combines device management, 24-7 phone support for IT and end users, and I want to come back to that as well, business iCloud storage, an option for on-site repairs, and this is aimed at businesses of up to 500 employees. So uh, let's just kind of break through What what is your thoughts on the device management side of it? And again, knowing you work for Jump Cloud, which is a device management, somewhat, I guess, quote-unquote competitor, thoughts on the device management side? Well, absolutely. And, you know, I I think that, you know, we were taken not by surprise uh, by this. You know, this was one of those things that it was making sense to us all along that Apple would enter this marketplace. Um, You need only look at how large some of the uh, MDM market companies market caps are to see that Apple might want a a part of that for their service revenue uh, and and operation. So, you know, from that perspective, it absolutely makes sense for Apple to be part of this system. So we took a look at it. We went to go, you know, we saw the announcement the same day as everybody else did. And, dove into the announcement, dove into the documents. Uh, it was really great to see Apple release a full set of documents for, for a product that's in beta. Um, and so there is a ton of information in those docs. Um, the docs basically lay out the story f- from their perspective on what management looks like. And for organizations that want to do basic corporate device management, so the if we think of this as a company-owned device in the hands of an employee, um, they have some really clear policies here along the lines of security and privacy, along the lines of, um, you know, user enablement. Uh, and it's a really good set of offerings. You know, you really go look at the the, the pieces that are there um, and they've put out a really solid minimum viable product. Um, that's a, that's a, you know, a product management term, which is to say the first thing that you release, this isn't going to be the last version of this product, not by the long shot. So if you're seeing something in there, you're like, oh, this is really neat, but it doesn't have this thing that I need. Um, that's okay. Um, you don't have to adopt it today. That's the, that's the whole point of all of this, right? Like, but it handles things like app assignment from the app store. It handles things like managed Apple IDs and using those managed Apple IDs to help deliver information to the device in a sane and useful way. So if we think about the, um, the, the, the product from that perspective, it's a very lightweight management tool, but it covers all of the things that small businesses need. It will handle some of your security policy. It will handle most of your user configuration needs. Um, where it's lacking, though, 
is that it has no support for apps outside of the app store. So if you want to deliver Google Chrome or Zoom or any of the other tools that you know you that you use in your business, but that maybe aren't available uh, through the Apple App Store, you can't deliver those with the new Apple Business Essentials. That's the that's probably the the most glaring hole associated with it. And one thing that we're still trying to you know figure out the answer to is how well it supports file vault encryption. Um, it's mentioned in the announcements. It's not mentioned in the documents. Um, and as far as we can tell, they are not escrowing the file vault key. So um, I have some questions for, for Apple about how that operates right now. Um, and that hasn't been something that I've seen an answer to yet. Um, but, you know, I think that they'll have an answer for that in the long term. They absolutely will. Obviously, the file vault key escrow process is one of the more complicated MDM tasks that an MDM manufacturer has to take on um, because it does involve, you know, round trip communications to the device. It does also involve asynchronous communications to the device. And it definitely involves, you know, catching a token in flight. So um, those are the kind of things that are challenging for MDM manufacturers. And it's no surprise that, you know, that, that Apple has a lot of MDM smarts. They built the specification after all. Um, but, you know, it was a little bit of a surprise not to see more detail around that particular feature when we all know that it's a really important part of any organization's security posture to make sure that their drives are encrypted. I think you summed that up incredibly well. And I'm, I'm really reminded of kind of some of Apple's even consumer-grade apps. And then there are better versions that consumers that want more can do. I mean, a simple version is Apple Podcasts versus an overcast. Like Apple Podcasts being pre-built or built into every phone doesn't negate the need for apps that do more. Just as Mm -hmm. Apple offering a first-party MDM doesn't negate the need for MDMs to do more. It it could be as simple as, you know, I I need a device management system that does like PC and Mac together or mm-hmm. PC, Mac, iOS, Android. I mean, you know, there, there's going to be flavors. And I, and I think where, where I see this really being is um, somebody walks into the Apple store. Hey, I need to buy 10 Macs for my business or starting a new business or, or whatever. And someone says like, Hey, we need to set you up with a business rep so we can talk through how you're going to manage these devices. And probably before it was like, you know, who do you recommend them to like a small business? So they go to like a jamf now, like what, what, what are they, what do they do there? And I, and I think now sure. there is that for that, like, and again, the business the, the the it says it's for businesses up to five hundred. Um, I, I, I could see it really being like I don't. Maybe, I'm just guessing. I could see like the average being like twenty or so employee businesses use this because you, like you said you're going to quickly like run into to walls here. And again, if the file vault encryption thing doesn't come out, like obviously that's a non-starter for a lot of businesses. But maybe like a small business that like all their stuff's in their CRM tool, like on the web. You know, maybe not. Um, and, and so I I. I'm really excited here. I think it just really legitimatizes the need for ever a business of every size, three employees, two employees, five employees to have device management in place. Um, the yep. app part is interesting because that was one of the things that Fleet Smith was like known for before Apple bought it. Uh, in for fact, sure. they kind of had their own side-loaded app store where they kind of packaged these up for you and made it easy. But I imagine there's a ton of legal issues for Apple to think through there um, because there's a big difference when a small upstart like Fleet Smith prepackages Chrome or Adobe Creative Cloud versus Apple who is vehemently against sideloading on iOS 
essentially building a side-loaded app store for the Mac. Um, well, for but- sure. And I mean, I think that there are, there's nuances there, right? Like, and I feel like they're going to, they're going to negotiate those nuances appropriately as time goes by. Um, I certainly think that Apple has a vested interest in making sure that every app is available in the app store. And that interest is primarily trust and financial based so that essentially they can either derive money from sales of software through the app store, or they can actually make sure that everything is secure on their platform by making it go through code review. The the big challenges there are that, you know, tools like Firefox and Chrome that have their own web engines that have their own pieces of there aren't eligible to go through that app store approval process, or they don't want to deal with the hassle of making sure that Apple will approve their build uh, every time that they release one. So I, I think that there are a lot of um, countervailing factors associated with this situation and they'll be balanced over time. I'm certainly aware that, you know, any organization, you know, Apple has mechanisms to deploy signed packages. Uh, from an MDM. All you need is a signed package with a public URL that's not password protected, and you can deliver that to any device using a mobile device manager. JumpCloud does it. A lot of other MDMs do it, and it gives you the ability to essentially install third-party software from a central location. So, you know, that's certainly part of the, the, the process there. Um, and, you know, I think that the other pieces, uh, you know, where this doesn't quite meet the needs of a lot of small businesses is, for example, the lack of any support for privacy preferences, policy control, which any Mac admin will tell you is both the best and worst part of their job. Um, one, it keeps their people safe. It keeps their cameras off. It keeps their screen shares from going where they're not supposed to go or where they're not allowed to go. Um, but, you know, there's no support for any kind of those policies that are there, even if they are, you know, again, probably one of the most fiddly policies that an Apple admin will have to deal with over time. Um, But, you know, we also look at this from the perspective of security, right? Like there are a lot of organizations that use a tool like CrowdStrike Falcon to make sure that their fleet is secure. They may have, you know, insurance requirements that that software is running on all of their systems. Apple Business Manager today cannot deliver that software. And so, you know, if you don't kind of have the ability to support those environments, even with just something like an uploaded custom policy, um, where you can, as the admin, write that policy, deliver it to the MDM and have the MDM deliver that policy out to your systems. Uh, it's really kind of a miss there as well. So if you have any kind of security needs, you need to deploy you know, some sort of security platform tool like an EDR or an XDR, um, you know, where you're doing some you know, uh, really low-level opportunities there. So, you know, you're actually spending time, you know, looking at the detailed environment of the system, whether that's log tracing, whether that's looking at individual processes in flight, whether that's, you know, those kind of things, the the kind of serious security needs that an organization above 100 people will have. Um, I would say that Apple's, you know, uh, contention here that this is meant for organizations from, you know, uh, one machine up to 500 is probably a little bit of an overshot. Um, but I think that that may also just be the confidence with what with what they see in their own internal roadmap, because there's all we always know that, you know, it, Apple does nothing without a multi-year plan. And so if you look at the what we've released here on day one, um, if they're saying they're going to support up to 500 people, these are in their plans. It's just a question of where they get the resources and how they do the execution. But when you're a nearly $3 trillion company in market cap, you have resources that uh, smaller companies do not. Well, and, and 
this would Apple is coming like late in the game here. I mean, obviously, if we're sitting here and I feel like it's halftime. I mean, I, I feel like the Apple's announcement this summer that declarative management is where they're going has essentially said this is halftime and we've changed the rules. So, you know, in, in terms of it being late in the game, I don't think so at all. I actually think that this is halftime. And so there's going to be a whole new class of mobile device managers that use declared state as their goal. And Apple has basically said with this process, we want to support the concepts of declared state. If you look at the way in which they have phrased the terminology associated with their product collections is very similar to the declarations model that is available as part of the new declarative management for user enrolled devices on iOS 15. Um, The policies that they're taking forward here are largely based on those concepts. So if we think about this, this is Apple's entering the game late in the second quarter. Yes, but halftime's about to happen. And, you know, they've basically put the put put up some points on the scoreboard before before halftime so that they're not coming out of this with only, you know, and of course, we we can't recognize we, we, we can't not talk about profile manager. Um, and the server that, you know, used to be Apple's reference implementation for mobile device management. And so if you remember, starting with, I think it was either 10.8 or 10.9 server, uh, there was a profile manager, an MDM contained within the server application um, that was available for organizations that only wanted to pay $20 for their MDM. Now, much like, you know, you wouldn't want to pay only $20 for a car and expect it to work all the time. Um, Profile Manager was uh, a reference implementation. It was a great way to look at the technology. It was a great way to experiment with the technology, but not necessarily to rely on it for your business. This is Apple's entry into the big boy game or the big person game of the MDM world. And so it's, a, it's an entry, but it's not their first. I think this will be successful. I think that this is a product that will have marketplace, especially when you think about the uh, retail environments that Apple sells most of their computers through. And so that if you're popping into the Apple store to buy a couple of machines to start a business with, they can get you started with Apple Business Center, uh, Essentials out the door and cover also with it the question of, hey, what do we do about repairs? Or what do we do about you know uh, the long-term future of our organization as we build? This gets them in at that you know moment of birth of a company, and that's incredibly valuable. So I'm really excited to see what they make of it, especially now that they figured out how to do the um, you know the the large scale expansion of iCloud accounts for managed Apple IDs, so that you can buy more space for those accounts because that's something that they promised two years ago and then did not deliver until this release. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Devon Technologies. Devon Technologies develops apps for taming the information flood that we all deal with on a daily basis. It's based on their unique AI technology. Their flagship product is the Document and Information Manager Devon Thing. Other apps include a web research assistant called Devon Agent, the desktop search agent Devon Sphere, and some very useful freeware utilities. They've been around since 2002, so they are long-time Mac and iOS developers. And again, this is one of those original Mac developers that Mac users know and trust. Devon Think is the most professional document and information management application on the Mac. It helps you collect, file, organize, and edit, annotate, annotate all kinds of documents without ever leaving the app. You can 
import live web pages like documents loaded into Google Docs seamlessly next to your local files. So you can bookmark that recipe, that website, that tutorial you found, or that big you know, block of code that you need to reference later. You can organize your documents in groups and subgroups, tag them, or both. Whatever suits your workflow best. It's really flexible. Smart groups let you create different views on your data based on whatever criteria you can think of. Has an integrated AI assistant that assists you with filing and searching and has extensive search language support. Flexible Sync works with iCloud, Dropbox, or any web dev server and direct connection. So again, you can take control of wherever your data is synced, your cloud, somebody else's cloud. Everything is securely encrypted, and the iOS companion app, Dev and Think to Go, lets you take your documents with you at all times. Again, you can create smart rules, add reminders to any document. They even let non-programmers automate as many parts of the workflow as possible. Again, if you are struggling with information overload, you'll want to check out all that Devon Technologies has to offer, but particularly Dev and Think. You can archive email. Uh, scan papers, OCR documents, uh, imprint PDFs with custom stamps. I mean, really all kinds of stuff. They they have a completely rewritten web interface that makes it ideal for small teams and medium teams uh, and let those uh, employees kind of collaborate on all the documents. Apple at Work listeners get 10% discount on Dev and Think 3 or upgrades to previous episodes. The coupon code is Apple at Work-2021. Again, that's Apple AT Work-2021 on Devon Technologies' website. Again, we'll have a link for that in the show notes. Remember remember that coupon for 10% off. Thanks to Devon Technologies for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. We'll, we'll segue there and come back to the phone support. Do you think there's a chance that iCloud could ever take the place of a OneDrive, a box, a Dropbox in an organization? I think for smaller organizations, that's absolutely possible iCloud drives are you know, flexible. They're available as part of the native system without any third-party software to install. Um, up to a certain point or up to a certain level of access control, yeah. For organizations under 50 people, this can absolutely do the job. Um, I think that if, once you go over a certain size, it kind of depends on how you handle these things. Some of the features that uh, a Dropbox or a Box.com or uh, a OneDrive will provide are things like audit trails. So that if these are documents that you know you really need to make sure that they have high integrity and that you can see the edit histories for, um, I think that that's going to be you know a big part of it. But for an Apple-focused organization um, where you are just deploying iOS devices and uh, macOS devices, this absolutely makes sense. And for the cost, it's a little spendy, but not too spendy. Um, I think I, I would be more interested in seeing them federate with other providers uh, other than just Azure AD. Yeah, I think I would as well there. Um, I don't know. There, there's just part of me that thinks that there's some business features that could be added to to iCloud Drive that, again, looking at that end-to-end ecosystem, um, I, I don't know. I, I, like like you said, there's it feels like halftime on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, looking that Apple has added custom domain support to iCloud uh, email for personal users. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like, is it out of the realm of possibility Apple could come out with a, a Google Workspace competitor? Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it is because obviously the best time to do it would have been 10 years ago. But the second best time is now. That's right. It's like the old proverb about planting trees. And so, you know, I can certainly see a place where Apple provides the easy button for those kind of solutions. 
Um, and because if you look at Google Workspace, if you've never logged in as a Google Workspace admin and you log in for the first time, not having a ton of IT knowledge, that's a really high, steep learning curve. Um, and there are a lot of ways that, you know, you might end up with some undesirable behavior on the part of your server or your experience there. Um, so if Apple could do that, quote unquote, right, and or to do it in such a way that it's incredibly user focused um, with, you know, great user experiences, then I would be really thrilled to see that. Um, you know, the Apple of 15 years ago that was really, really dedicated on everything a user needed to do to make that you know, a perfect experience would be the level of attention that they would need to bring to this. I think that the Apple software quality um, adventure that we've been on for the last five years has been a little less clear um, and may have some more challenges associated with it. Um, I, do I think they're capable of it? Absolutely. Um, I, if they're willing to invest in that. And the ability to provide a good experience, I think, is going to be the, the biggest challenge. Um, I think here a lot about my spam handling on my .Mac account. Or, so that's how long I've had it because it goes back, to, uh, the, goes back to the .Mac. I still have a Mac.com uh, personal email address. The spam handling on that account has been nothing short of amazing, especially when I look at like my Gmail account, which is just a garbage fire. Um, you know, we think about those kind of things, the, um, the, the ability for them to focus on a good experience is certainly in their capability set. And, you know, I think they have a good understanding of what the bare minimum product is that they would need to offer there. Um, and I would love to be able to counsel small businesses to do those kind of things. This episode of Apple at Work is also sponsored by Mosul. Mosul makes managing Apple devices easy. Again, it shouldn't be difficult. The technology is there. They make it easy. As a leader in modern mobile device management and security for Apple and the enterprise, Mobile offers solutions for every stage of your business. If you're just starting out, try the free edition and receive the complete feature set of Mosul Business Premium for up to 30 devices at no charge. If you're looking to address all of your Apple endpoint needs, Mosul Fuse has you covered. The cloud-native offering combines enterprise-grade MDM, identity management, automated application installing, patching, and a multi-layer endpoint security protocol. Wherever you are in your Apple device journey, Mosul is there to support you. With a focus on usability, automation, and best support on the market, Mosul delivers a new approach to Apple device management that is more powerful, efficient, and affordable than other legacy solutions. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosul.com, M-O-S-Y-L-E. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Yeah, I second the, the Google admin um, setup. It, it's like if you... It makes sense to me because I've been managing Google Apps for your domain or whatever, you know, Google Workspace is what it's called now since gosh, 2009. So I've kind of grown up with it and I'm, I still know where to find the things I need to find. Um, but there's just, there's just a learning curve there. Uh, and I, and again, I, I, same thing. I, you, know, you see the businesses that have, you know, Jim's tree service at gmail.com. Like those are the ones that I think Apple could do well with like, Hey, you're buying a Mac. Let us help you set up all this stuff today. Um, that, that, that would be great. Um, thoughts on phone 24-7 phone support for IT and end users. Um, I love this. Um, yeah, I'm, a little wary. Uh, I'm a little wary uh, uh, of this. I mean, Apple certainly has great support routes. And, you know, if you ever talked with a good Apple Care advisor, um, and there are many of those, 
you've had a really good support experience. Not all of them are, don't get me wrong. And my hope is, is that they will, you know, have a, an appropriate level of skill for to dealing with the Apple admins. And of course, you know, we all know that Apple Care is an enterprise program and the support that's given out of the enterprise program is, you know, bar none. It's, it's what you'd expect from an enterprise support operation. I guess the question is, what's that going to look like for the IT admin of 10 versus the IT admin of 100 versus the IT admin of 250 devices? What's going to be the level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what's going to be the level of, you know, complexity with regard to their understanding of the operating system from an enterprise perspective or from a small enterprise perspective or even a small business perspective? Are we going to have good conversations about what secure token does? Are we going to understand the value of a bootstrap token? Um, or is this more going to be just like slightly advanced tier two Apple care support? Because I, I think here of an experience that a friend of mine, TJ Luoma had recently where essentially he started to have kernel panics and essentially they asked him to reinstall the operating system. So he did, but they didn't believe that he actually did it. Um, and you know, there was a bunch of complicated back and forth over, you know, some of the, the methods that, you know, they were looking for him to do that indicated not a full understanding of the product that they were supporting. And that's the kind of experience that I worry about. And I even think about things like if if I'm a company of 150 and I say, okay, we're going to let Apple be our kind of first tier help desk. Like, do would I if some if I have an employee that calls and they work through that? Like, it would be nice. Like, is that logged anywhere in GSX that I can see that? You know, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, where it's like I almost want to know the quote unquote ticket history there, and to know kind of what's been tried versus what I need to do. Um, but again, I do like it. I, I do like it again. If you're if you're the kind of business that doesn't have anybody, like it's it's attractive. Then you calling, you know, because there's not always in every city a local IT place that like is a hazmat specialist around. So um, yeah, I, I, again, I think it'll be like you said, it'll be interesting how it plays out. But I think it's great, and I think it's exciting, and I think it again, I think it solves a need. Um, for, for just kind of like that, that basic support. Um, so excited about that. Um, so what's next? Uh, okay. Last thing that is the part of this that I think possibly is the, the biggest, uh, particularly for remote organizations. And this is not available yet. This is coming when the full version launches. It's a separate subscription on-site repairs for businesses. Uh, the word I got was like with it generally within four hours. Um, what do you thought, think about that? Well, you know, I think that this is, you know, intended initially for iOS devices, right? And so, you know, the this isn't necessarily a place where, you know, a broken screen, they're going to show up and fix a, you know, a broken Mac screen on site. That's not going to happen as part of this initial release. This initial release is focused on, you know, trading out an iOS device like an iPad that might be used for point of sale and could be dropped um, because somebody's got Butterfingers that day uh, and you just need to get back into the game. Right. Like, I feel like that's a, that's what this is aimed for. And essentially they'll be there to, if you're too busy to get down to an Apple store or one's not convenient to you um, quickly, they'll be able to get somebody out into the field um, and to uh, replace that device and help you get it back up and running. Um, obviously the, with the larger support for, um, you know, iOS or excuse me for the larger support for uh, iCloud storage as part of these options, it's makes no It makes no sense not to back up your stuff uh, directly to iCloud. And so if you're not turning on iCloud backup, you should be. Um, 
And then you can just restore that from the latest backup and you're back up and running as a business. So if you have an iPad-based business or an iPhone-based business, I think here of an organization that I used to work with who's CEO, like we always had a spare iPhone on hand for them because, you know, they were hard on their phones. A break was not uncommon and a break was like world ending uh, and would take him out for a day uh, if we couldn't get a phone on hand. So we always had a spare phone hanging out on his desk, like in a drawer, um, because you know we couldn't go without that phone. This is the ability to do some of that without the cost. Uh, I really liked that they are pooling those credits so that, for example, if you have a couple of users who are, or a couple of coworkers rather, who are not you know, dangerous to their machines. Uh, you can use their credits to apply to the user who maybe had their third or fourth break over the calendar year or who are in just a tougher situation, right? You know, where they're in, you know, they're out in the field, they're using devices in cases, and even cases aren't going to be enough to fix that problem for them. So having the ability to pull credits, I thought was a really smart way to handle this so that you can have zero cost repairs. Uh, or you can at least include that number in your budget and it's budgeted for. And if you go in above and beyond it, you you deal with that. But I think that this is a really great way to protect those iOS and iPadOS devices that are out in the field. Uh, and I was thrilled to see this. I hope that this is something that comes uncoupled from the uh, uh, fr- from using Apple Business Essentials because I can think of a ton of businesses who have their own MDMs because they have deep and abiding needs for complex MDM. But who might want to handle this through, you know, not just buying a bunch of spares and hoping they got the number right. Um, But, you know, to actually have this kind of protection, I think, would be great for a lot of organizations that, you know, give their staff uh, field devices. I'm looking at the press release from Apple, and it doesn't say anything about iOS only device repair. From what I understand... And this is from reading the documentation and from listening to a webinar recently. This is intended for iOS devices to start. Now, Macs may be added at some point in the future, but I understand this is meant for iOS and iPadOS devices. Um, Obviously, we'll make sure that that's right. Um, But my understanding is that this is iOS and iPadOS devices, and it's a swap. So you hand them the broken one, and they give you a new one. Um, I, I think either way, I think it's a great start. Uh, even oh, if yeah. it's iOS to start and it's Mac and, you know, you know, 2033, uh, or tr- sorry, 2023. Um, I, I think it's a great start because I think, I think this trend of remote work's not going away. And so the, the idea of having it like an onsite physical IT help desk that you can walk in and do a repair. I think that's, I think that's a, you know, going, not, not going to be a thing. I and mean, if you're, Company based out of Minnesota, and you have people all over. Or based out of California, Colorado, people all over. They, you know, if you have a device that goes bad, or you know, like, you know, you dropped it, or if it's stolen, like saying, "Hey, well, we're going to drop ship your device." It may be two days for it gets there. Like that's a lot of time, and you can imagine sure. if you've got somebody that's meeting with customers, they they need a way to get devices back up and running. And I've even speculated, like, you know, do you when device swap time comes, you tell people, keep your other device as your spare. But obviously, again, then you're looking at devices that are even older. Um, but I think that this solves a real challenge. Again, when and if it comes to the Mac as well, um, yep. for employees, to, you know, employers to say, hey, we, we think you've got a hardware problem or we know you have a hardware problem because your screen's cracked. We're, yep. we'll, you know, we'll send somebody out. Uh, they'll be there this afternoon. Um, and- I think that that's where that that's where that's going. And I think that's fantastic. 
on the website, it says faster repairs means less downtime. Plans with Apple Care Plus for business essentials include same day repairs. Apple technicians can come to you or you can bring the device to any Apple authorized service provider with a little footnote that says number one. And on the number one footnote, it says on site repairs apply only to some iPhone models and are subject to availability in specific cities. So it's iPhones only to start. Well, and again, for on-site repair, and then again, specific cities. We'll see how this we'll see how this expands out. Uh, I'm excited Agreed. about it either way. I think it's I think it's Apple looking at like where can we help businesses and yeah. with, with device repairs because again, like in my city, I don't even have an Apple store, and so right. again, this isn't like Apple, you know, W two employees showing up. This is clearly going to be Apple. In some cities, it could be Geek Squad. I mean, let's be real. Like that. That I mean, best people make kind of can dog Geek Squad at times, but like they are Apple authorized repairs, and it's conceivable that they may have, and a lot of cities have the biggest reach. But it's not necessarily like you know, it's who shows up is do they have the parts to fix what you have, and Mm -hmm. even if it's a situation where they they bring you a loaner. help you, you know, re-enroll it in your company MDM. Like, you know, you can just see where like there's a whole process on how this comes where maybe that device, you know, something in the background happens and this loaner device is added temporarily added to your company's Apple business manager account. Uh, or you could, I wouldn't even, you couldn't always have loaded because you don't have an IT authorized device uh, on hand. But you, you know, you can see where this goes eventually where it's like, you, you know, IT could have these like almost helpers in the field that are helping businesses get it back up and running with spares, loaners, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And this is a place where, you know, I think, you know, ACN partners were a little bit nervous when this came out, right? Like they, they felt that this was taking on some of their responsibility. But I certainly think that this is a place for ACNs to actually add value uh, and that they are capable of delivering all kinds of great advice uh, for businesses. And managing this instance is just like managing any other MDM. And I certainly think that, you know, having someone who can coordinate those repairs as part of IT operations is the job of any ACN. So I I think that this isn't going to, you know, ACNs over the years have had to deal with a lot of disruption, um, you know, from programs inside Apple. I think here of OnForce, I think here of a a couple of other past programs that were maybe not the best thing for Apple to release um, because they weren't necessarily um, in the best interest of all parties, I think. Um, but you know, this, I think is absolutely in the best interest of everybody. Uh, and I'll be excited to, to see how it grows and expands. Uh, and I certainly think that, you know, ACN should embrace this program. There's a lot here to love. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm excited about it. And I think this just, even if it doesn't meet the needs of everybody today, I think it looking at this is Apple looking at where can we help businesses in the future? Really, like really, really help them. So I, I think it, you know it's it's all Apple has the resources to do cool things here, and um, it's it's exciting. Um, so this, I'm, I'm really know, excited for it. I, I think that this is great. Um, if anything, increased competition in the space means better MDMs for everybody. And you know, here at Jump Cloud, we took a long, deep look at what we could learn from this, uh, and where we learn Apple's priorities are. And so, you know, that's something that we do anytime we encounter something new. Uh, And I think it's really important so that you can figure out what your differentiation is. You know, here at Jump Cloud, we're focused on a single identity everywhere. And so the ability to federate our IDs out to the rest of the world, if you've got Google Workspace, we can support working with that. If you've got Office, we can support working with that. Um, And that's not true for these managed Apple IDs. Um, And, you know, where they only sync with Azure AD. Uh, and so if you're a Google Workspace shop, because Google Workspace solution is still way better 
than Office 365 for a lot of things. I think that you know you should probably be looking at someone else who can benefit benefit you as a small business. Um, and you know, here at Jump Cloud, where our marketplace has been focused on ten and above, um, and we'll scale you know even further out than Apple will. Um, and I think that you know it, it's a place where we want to take a look at what they're doing. Um, because it's exciting, right? Like this is a new opportunity. This is a first party opportunity, which means it's going to have a lot of pull for small businesses. But, you know, we need to make sure that our market differentiation is very, very clear in this case. And it is. No, I think it's just a good way to end the year, honestly, on like Apple Enterprise News. I feel like this was just, oh, yeah. just like wrap it up. Like, all right, we're the big year, declared at MDM, uh, some other cool things happening at WWDC. And like, this is like real... Right, this is not software. Like this is like operational upgrades, and that's pretty good. I agree. I couldn't be more excited for the year that's to come. Um, I think Apple's got a lot of things uh, coming in the next release of the operating system. I'm really hopeful to see more declarative management opportunities for more than just user enrollment. Um, I'm really excited to kind of see what that world means. Um, and I hope that we, you know, everybody has a safe holiday season and we get back to the the business of building the future. Um, and I'm excited to see what that brings for Mac admins and iOS admins all over the place. Uh, cause I think that there's a lot that's exciting right now. A yeah, good place to leave it. Uh, Tom, we'll leave it there. Um, we'll have a link to contact information for you, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the good things in the show notes. Thanks for everybody for listening. If you're listening on Apple podcast, always appreciate a rating and review. And if you're listening on another app, maybe just tell a friend, um, have any question about uh, Apple business manager, um, not Apple business manager, Apple business essentials or Apple business manager, whatever you have, uh, get in touch with me or uh, Tom on Twitter and we'll help best we can. Uh, but this will be airing right before Christmas. So if I hope all our Fellow IT uh, practitioners, have a wonderful holiday and uh, no major disasters in your network. So uh, have a have a great Christmas, everybody. All right.